Alrighty, what is going on everyone? Welcome to another episode of Very Cold Lasagna, the podcast that houses the safe and open listening platform for casual, cold, and even the dumbest casual takes on the world of WWE, AEW, VNFL, and the wide world of pro wrestling and sports in general. I'm your host, Dylan Lasagna. Welcome to today's episode, episode number 56 of this freezing cold podcast inside of the uh, visual and imaginary very cold fridge. So it's once again time to eat that very cold lasagna for more takes on the world of the National Football League because we had to endure bi-week hell, the bi-week apocalypse because there was a a bunch of shitty games uh, that went down during week seven of this 2021 NFL season. And yeah, uh, I I imagine this was going to happen during um, my picks for the week. Um, my last week's in last week's show and man did my pick sadly live up to my expectations um but we're gonna be talking about it in this episode so we're gonna be talking about week seven aka by week hell um all the highlights the results we're gonna be talking winners and losers um from the week that was week seven the players of the week um unfortunately not as many um as before and we're, we're talking about week eight when it is all said and done, and that is going to be the show for today. So yeah, week seven, it, it was a a hellhole. It was in terms of the quality, in terms of the games, it was not good. It was really, really not good. You were there were only like two or three games at most that were actually pretty decent. Other than that, a lot of the games. This past week were either total blowouts or like games played by teams that are like you know not really like good and are pretty fluky. So um, we're gonna be talking about it in uh, this episode. And obviously, before we do, make sure to check out the show on YouTube. Turn on that notification bell so you can see um, the video side of things and make sure to listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor FM, and Google Podcasts and follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Very Cold Lasagna. So let's get into uh, today's episode, episode number 56. Let's start with week seven. Like I mentioned before, um, unlike week six, um, where it had full of interesting turns and twists, um, week seven, uh, <laughs> it wasn't so great. Several teams were on by the Bills, uh, the Steelers, the Chargers, uh, the Vikings, the Cowboys, and the Jaguars all were on by. And uh, the, the entire uh, slate of games um, featured teams um, that were not doing so well. Either not doing so well or were, put, were pretty fluky in terms of how they were. And it pretty much showed this this past week in bi week apocalypse uh week seven so let's get into the games um starting with the thursday night football matchup between the injury riddled uh cleveland skid marks the browns taking on the denver broncos in a relatively uninteresting affair um that was because the browns were going into this matchup injured with um baker mayfield uh nick chubb kareem hunt all injured in this game and despite all the injuries, though, uh, the skid marks with Case Keenum starting and uh, a rookie 
running back by the name of Dearness Johnson. Uh, uh, sorry, I'll retract that. He actually isn't a rookie. He's like a second year uh, running back. Dearness Johnson, um, they did enough to make Teddy Bridgewater and the Broncos uh, not remember there was a game um, on Thursday night. And they won 17 to 10. I mean, <laughs> it was not really an exciting game on Thursday night. And this was with all the injuries Cleveland was having. So then we get into the Sunday morning action. Uh, the New York Giants uh, beat the Carolina Panthers 25-3. to And uh, man, oh man, I think this was a trap game for Sam Darnold uh, once he stepped into MetLife Stadium because he was seeing all the ghosts of his Jets pass because he stunk up the joint once again. He stunk it up so bad with an intentional grounding call that got him a safety um, for the for the Giants, and he got two interceptions, or probably even more or even less, but it was enough for uh, Matt Rule to bench his ass in the fourth quarter for P.J. Walker, but even P.J. Walker uh, stunk the joint as well because the Giants, even though they were their own sleeping mess uh, for most of this game, Daniel Jones and company woke their ass up, um, and overcame their own injuries. Um, they were out Sterling Shepard, uh, Kadavius Tony, uh, Saquon Barkley, all in this game, and yet they pretty much exploded somewhat in this game. And they pretty much ran away with it 25-3. Uh, to 3. So then we had the New England Patriots beat the other New York team, the New York Jets, um, in a total uh, whitewashing, 54-13. Uh, to 13. And Zach Wilson had to leave the game uh, in the second quarter with a knee injury. But even then, the Jets weren't doing jack shit uh, with him. So they had to t- give the reins to Mike White. Um, and he got a touchdown like immediately afterwards. But still, uh, Mac Jones, Kendrick Bourne, Damian Harris, and pretty much the, the entire Patriots defense, um, they were pulling out all the stops um, over a lifeless Jets team. And... Even Brian Hoyer and the Patriots' second unit <laughs> were getting in on the fun. So, Patriots destroy the Jets 54-17. Uh, to 17. They get the season sweep on, well, they all, like they always do, <laughs> over the Jets. So then, in probably like one of the biggest upsets of the season, um, I don't know if you can even call it an upset on the, anymore on this team, the Tennessee Titans pretty much whooped the Kansas, the Kansas City Chiefs 27-3. Like no joke, they they pretty much like hammered them at like in Nashville. Holy hell! I didn't, <laughs> I was not expecting, uh, you know, Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry to run over like the Chiefs like completely. And Patrick Mahomes, man, you have to you have to be worried if you're a Chiefs fan because he, he's he's kind of regressing here. He he's he's going downhill. I mean, sure, the secondary sucks. Um, but look at, look at this offense, like Travis Kelsey can't get up. Uh, he's the only kind of like factor in this offense. Tyree kill. Um, he'll have some flashes, but Mahomes, man, there's something going on with him. Like mentally, he's mentally not there. He just doesn't know when to just take the sack because he just tries to play hero ball. And this was the case yet again. He tried to play too much hero ball and it landed him in turnover city and and unfortunately, he also um, got nearly concussed in the fourth quarter, and he just was like, "We're not—they're not gonna let him play." Um, 
because it was the game was already in hand. So the Titans beat the Chiefs 27-3 in a big, big win for them. And then down in Lambeau Field, the Green Bay Packers beat the Washington football team 24-10. Uh, Washington was actually in this game um, in the first half, but they kept missing on their chances to uh, score. They were in the red zone countless times, but Taylor Heineke couldn't like finish the job. Antonio Gibson couldn't finish the job. And eventually, Aaron Rodgers and company slowly crept away from that supposedly scary Washington defense and put the game out of reach. And, you know, for Washington fans, you got to wonder um, if Taylor Heineke gets benched if and when Ryan Fitzpatrick gets healthy to return. So, in the Miami Guardians, uh, the Atlanta Falcons beat the Dolphins 30-28. to Um... Falcons jumped to another big lead in the fourth quarter. Um, but Tua took a Viola. Uh, despite some mistakes he was making, he got the Dolphins back into the game, took the lead uh, late in the game. The problem was they left over two minutes uh, left on the clock with the two-minute warning for the Falcons, and it allowed Matt Ryan to march his offense back onto the field, milk that clock like it was milk money, and young Hoi Koo successfully hit the game-winning field goal with ease and the Falcons are three and three I mean sure like they're probably not gonna make much noise in the NFC but hey they're not necessarily the worst team in the NFC South so the Falcons beat the Dolphins 30 to 28 and then in another big upset in the AFC in what was supposed to be the match of the the week the game of the week the Bengals completely dismantled the Baltimore Ravens 41 to 17 and for much of the first half and in the early portions of the second half we thought this was going to be the game that that most people thought it was going to be and even I thought it was going to be um you know this slow and this slow start slugfest between both teams defenses and then eventually it was going to turn into a shootout it was like that in the first half um both teams defenses putting heavy pressure on their respective quarterbacks and the defenses making big stops and then in the second half early on it was kind of giving the signal that we were going to get a shootout um, with Lamar Jackson getting a big touchdown strike to uh, I think it was Marquise Brown uh, to take the lead but then here comes Joe Burrow to take the lead right back um, for the Bengals and yeah, from there, uh, it became a blowout because Jamar Chase, CJ Uzama, and Joe Mixon pretty much scored on just about every chance they got. And the Bengals defense shut down the Ravens the rest of the way. So the Bengals, man, 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 everyone thought they were going to be uh, dead in the cellar um, with, with the pack with like the Jaguars, the Texans, and <laughs> trying to vie for that top pick. But no, here they are, <laughs> trying to compete for the AFC North with uh, the Ravens and the Steelers and the Skidmarks. And holy hell, things got real interesting in the AFC North real quick. And the Bengals blow out the Ravens 41-17. to Then in the afternoon slate, the LA Rams beat the Detroit Lions 28-19 to in a battle of two quarterbacks facing their... Their old teams. Uh, Dan Campbell <laughs> actually took some gambles um, in the opening stages of the game. He got the opening touchdown and 
instead of you know just kicking it off to the other team so they can get their uh, possession, he stole, <laughs> he robbed the Rams of their uh, first quarter possession, and he he kicked it onside, and the Lions actually got it back, and when they failed to convert third down, they decided to go for a fake punt, <laughs> right right from the get go, and even though they scored three point just three points after. Dan Campbell actually nut-busted his ass, man. He, like, he was super desperate to win this game. But sadly, though, the Lions couldn't help Jared Goff um, from making you know Jared Goff mistakes. And eventually, Matt Stafford, um, with the help of Cooper Cup, uh, Daryl Henderson, and that Rams defense that's led by Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey, they were able to get... Uh, revenge uh, in favor of Matthew Stafford over the Lions and what was a, a surprisingly um, you know a back and forth game between both teams so Rams win 28 to 19 and uh, you know at some point the, the Lions are gonna win at least one game right um, they're just too they're just too um, gritty and grindy it's just Jared Goff that's holding them back then down in Vegas, the the Vegas Raiders beat the Philadelphia Eagles 33 to 22, and the Raiders took advantage of the Eagles' inability to hurt uh, to protect Jalen Hurts as well as the offense's continued mistakes uh, to move the ball. Um, and the Raiders took advantage of the Eagles, you know, being stupid and turned those mistakes into points with efficiency. And the Raiders, well. You know, those after all that uh, drama with John Gruden a couple weeks ago, they won two straight heading into their bye. And who knows if, you know, they'll make some noise in the AFC. Uh, but, hey, two wins is two wins. And coming off all that drama, they have to be proud of, of themselves. You know, shaking off all that uh, uh, emotional drama. And as for the Eagles... You know, are you sure uh, Jalen Hurts is the guy um, to lead your team in Philadelphia? Um, I think you got to get some help from him. Otherwise, you know, I think it's time to reinvest at the quarterback position. So the Arizona Cardinals easily take care of the Houston Texans, 31-5. to um, The Cardinals got to show off their newly gained uh, weapon from the Eagles in Zach Ertz. And they ate their way through the lifeless AFC South team. The Tampa Bay Bucks um, defeated the Chicago Bears 38-3. Tom Brady, this time around, remembered there were actually four downs on offense. And we got a national showcase of Bears football! As Justin Fields couldn't handle the pressure from the Bucks front seven all day long. And, well, the offensive line did him no favors. And this was just a complete dismantling of Bears football. And in the Sunday night game, uh, the Indianapolis Colts beat the 49ers 34-18 uh, to in a very wet and wild affair. It was honestly very, <laughs> it was raining down hard here in in California. And I mean, we needed it. We needed the rain, but man, it was like pouring, pouring real bad. But the Colts overcame Mother Nature better than the 49ers ever did in this game. Carson Wentz, Jonathan Taylor had a big strategic st- scoring game. Over the Niners, terrible, terrible secondary. And to force Buckner, got a measure of revenge too on his old team, stopping the run 
and uh, helping his Colts D-line force pressure all over Jimmy Garoppolo. And um, I'm surely going to have a lot of questions about this 49ers team when I talk about them on the 49ers recap episode of the podcast coming soon. And then in the Monday night uh, closer for the week, uh, the New Orleans Saints beat the Seattle Seahawks 13-10 in a very unexciting affair. Um, It was all Alvin Kamara in this one. And... In another rainy, sloppy affair for the week, in which neither quarterback was doing shit for their team. And in the end, the Saints were just a field goal better than the Seahawks. So, overall, yeah. Week 8, oh, not week 8, week 7, was just a very, very uh, sloppy, very, very uh, boring. Because <laughs> all the games ended in blowouts, and a lot of the teams that were playing were very fluky. Yeah. This is not a very exciting week seven. This week sucked. This really, really sucked. And um, hopefully it'll, it'll be the only sucky week um, for this uh, 2021 season. Because, man, if we get another one, if we get another dud like this, I'm going to be sad. So now let's talk some winners and losers uh, for week seven. And at least fortunately, there were, there were some winners and there were also some losers from this uh, bye week hell. So let's first talk about the Cincinnati Bengals. They went into to Baltimore um, in perhaps their biggest test of the season. And man, they really passed it with flying colors. They overcame a defensive first half battle and really laid the smackdown on a suspect Raven secondary in the second half. Jamar Chase looks really explosive. Um, and he's probably going to win the offensive rookie of the year. Um, and you got all these other pieces around that are also helping Joe Burrow and Joe Mixon and the backup running back, Samaji Pirine, uh, the tight end uh, duo of T. Higgins and C.J. Uzama. They're really helping Joe Burrow out um, in his second year. And Burrow is really doing well after coming off that uh, ACL injury in his rookie year. And you got to give credit to... Um, the Bengals defense as well for being able to stop Lamar Jackson and pretty much shutting him down um, so bad that the Ravens pulled their starters in the fourth quarter. And like I said, everyone was expecting the Ravens, the Steelers, and the Browns to be competing for their division title. And the, the Bengals was just like, just there. But well, the, the Bengals just made a statement on Sunday and saying, hello, it's me you're looking for. In this division title uh, scene, so it's going to be a four. It could be a four-way race for the division title. It's a fatal four-way as the season goes on. And then the Tennessee Titans, um, they they beat the Bills in a very tough and and grindy uh, matchup on Monday night in Week Six. And then this past week in Week Seven, they just completely destroyed the defending AFC champions in a much bigger statement than the previous week. And yeah, I mean, the, the Chiefs secondary sucks. And um, the Titans offense pretty much lives and dies by Derrick Henry. But I mean, hey, Ryan Tenhill had a pretty good game uh, this week. And um, this was even without a less than um, 100% uh, A.J. Brown and a less than 100% Julio Jones. But if Tenhill can be a consistent scoring passer and a consistent playmaker too, and as well as you, if A.J. Brown and Julio Jones can stay healthy each and every week. And if the defense can also um, generate pressure up front too. Like 
from here on out, the Titans can be dangerous. They can be a X factor um, past the wild card round in January. And the Las Vegas Raiders, um, even though they, I'm not sure if they will be able to make like you know, like crazy, crazy like postseason noise or even qualify for the postseason. But hey, like they got two straight wins um, this uh, these past two weeks heading into their week eight bye. Um, but this was just coming off like two weeks. Two weeks ago, they they were in the midst of this huge PR disaster um, with you know John Gruen getting all these email like these emails leaked out about how he is this and that and he, and he resigned and it spread a very bad like taste within the Raiders organization and they just want they were trying to shake that off and here they are two two weeks later with two wins and um, they. They gotta feel a little bit good about themselves, and yeah, this is still a healing healing process for them. But hey, they they, they gotta feel good about um, these two wins, and hopefully they'll continue to build on that um, after the bye week. Now, as for some of the losers um, for week seven, Patrick Mahomes. I mean, as a whole, the Chiefs should be losers this week because like they got totally wrecked by the Titans. But holy shit! Patrick Mahomes is really having Super Bowl hangover. He's really, I think he really got struck by the loser's curse. I mean, the Chiefs and, and him play well against shit competition, and then they fall flat on their face against the best of the best. I mean, now that I think about it, actually, even against the, the, the shit competition, he, he still makes the repeated mistakes of, you know, trying to run out of the pocket and, you know, try to yeet the pass to, like, whoever's open and think and try to, like, pray to, to his Lord and Savior that someone like Tyreek Hill or McCall Hardman or Byron Pringle or even Travis Kelsey will make the catch. But then it, it ends up a lot of the times this season in turnover city. And he also can't take care of the football. When he's like when he was running out of uh, running past the line of scrimmage um, in the sec in the second quarter against the Titans, he's trying to trying to run to make the first down. He didn't secure the football. He he was running one handed and left him exposed for a Titans defender to freely punch the ball out of his hands, and that created a turnover. So all in all, Mahomes is just is trying to do what he's been doing since 2018. Play hero ball. I mean, that's pretty much all quarterbacks um, that are like Mahomes in the NFL. They're trying to avoid the sack, run around behind the line of scrimmage until they can yeet it out um, before they get hit. And then if it, does, like, if it doesn't go in their favor, turnover city. So Mahomes has to make an adjustment to his game plan because whatever... His style is, it's not working because I think teams are figuring it out. Even the shittier teams are figuring him out. And he also has to learn that sometimes it's fine to eat the sack. It is okay to eat the sack. It's okay to get hit. He's putting way too much pressure on himself to, you know, get the completed pass or get the first down. He has to ease some pressure off of himself. He's putting way too much. The Chicago Bears. Holy hell. 
If there wasn't a big time display of Bears football on Sunday, and I don't know what to tell you. Justin Fields kept turning that that ball over. Um, some of it was his fault, but this was a big display of Ryan Pace's, the general manager, and the head coach Matt Nagy's um, incompetence of not investing in the offensive line for their potential franchise quarterback. And I can, I still say potential because Justin Fields can be um, great for the Chicago Bears, but how can he be great when you know Pace and Nagy? can't invest in you know protecting their QB he was he was harassed all day against the Bucks good ass front seven he had no time to throw which led to a lot of the turnovers from Justin Fields and he was constantly sacked how was he supposed to you know get the ball out when you know pressure is in his face for in every second that's insane that is very insane and then, not to mention the fact that there's also a Bucks secondary that's just as bad as the team that the Bears are going to play next week that got destroyed by a much better team. So, Pace and the Bears organizations are fine with this. They're all okay. It's like it's like that meme where the dog is sitting there on the table and there's fire around. It's like, this is fine. This is fine. We're okay with this group of chumps. So yeah, let's see how that turns out when uh, Justin Fields gets tired of playing Bears football and wants a trade in two, two to three years, if not even sooner. And then my San Francisco 49ers. They are losers this week too because Sunday night's rainy, wet stinker should be an indication to all 49ers fans of many, many things. Kyle Shanahan should be on the hot seat for... Not just his very questionable play calling, but his big-ass ego for, you know, him not using Brandon Ayuk, his, his lack of trust in pretty much all the players, and his, you know, his vagueness on the injury of various players, including Trey Lance, among other things. Two, John Lynch's seat should also be mild, but not, not hot just yet, and not that mild, because his recent draft picks are either not healthy or they're underperforming. Let's take a look at Javon Kinlaw, the draft pick from last year. He is likely going to miss the season. He is apparently reported to going to be missing the rest of the season because of a knee injury. Like this this dude can't stay healthy. You drafted like are we, are we in the uh are we back in the Jim Tom Sula or the Trent Bulky era? The Trent Balky days of the 49ers where we're drafting dudes that can't stay healthy. Like, oh man, it's, it's so bad. And then three, Jimmy Garoppolo exactly fits Martell Bennett's description of him. A bitch. And he needs to be cut after the season. And finally, the secondary is absolute dog shit and they love committing the crime of pass interference because they just love at magnetically attaching themselves to the defenders without looking at where the ball is going. And they they love hugging them. You know, they're giving them the, the big Bailey hug and taking them down. So And then they get arrested for pass interference. And they give the opposing teams big, big yardage and get them into the red zone for easy touchdowns. 
So they let the Colts run over them on Sunday night in the rainy weather. They let Carson Wentz play like he's freaking Tom Brady all day, all night long in the rain. And all in all, it led to a big time disappointing performance. And going forward, they shouldn't be thinking about playoffs. Playoffs. They should be thinking about the development of Trey Lance and seeing who who else could be on the roster next year. And, you know, Kyle Shanahan should be trying to find ways to save his job against, you know, mediocre-ass competition because if he doesn't, oh, man, Jed York has to make uh, some very, very interesting decisions um, by season's end. So now let's hand out some Players of the Week awards. Uh, we start with the Bengals uh, wide receiver and quarterback duo of Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase uh, for their uh, big, big efforts um, against the Baltimore Ravens. Then you got Bucks quarterback Tom Brady for his uh, five-touchdown five performance, or maybe even more. I think it was four or five touchdowns. Um, and he even got his 600th touchdown, which Mike Evans tried to give away the, his 600 TD ball <laughs> to a fan. I'm like, dude, what are you doing? But it was in the moment, probably. So Tom Brady got his 600 TD um, in in Week 7 and the Tennessee Titans defense for pretty much uh, shutting down and harassing and creating turnovers on Patrick Mahomes all day long in their game. So Week 7 is finally in the books. Uh, by week hell, we finally endured it and relived it again. Now it's time to talk about week eight. We finally got through uh, week seven, the apocalypse of buys. And it was honestly a major boot boom of busts. If that even a sentence, <laughs> it was just a major bust of blowouts that nobody will remember. Um, and it's likely a week to forget. So fortunately, this is a, a week eight that's more forgiving. Uh, the Ravens and the Raiders are the only two teams on bye this week. Um, and the action looks to bounce back with a better slate of games on paper. Um, the Thursday night game, uh, unfortunately, um, is not a good start, though. Um, but we'll get into that in a bit. I will say, though, that there are a couple of critical division games um, on the docket that people should keep in mind for uh, this coming week. And a couple of the games uh, involve more teams that are either mediocre or it's just not exciting. But there are uh, some games that could have uh, potential playoff implications uh, going forward. So let's get into uh, this week that is probably like a much more like division, like kind of like a divisional like week because you got at least three to five games that involved uh, divisional matchups. So let's start with the Thursday night game uh, between the Green Bay Packers and the Arizona Cardinals, who are, remain undefeated at 7-0. and um, The Cardinals, I think, are likely going to have easy pickings over Aaron Rodgers in the pack. That is because um, the Packers are going to be without Devontae Adams and Alan Lazard because they were put on the COVID reserve list, um, and they will not be playing in the Thursday night matchup. So it's going to be a lot of Aaron Jones, and if Aaron Rodgers trusts them enough, uh, a lot of Marquez Valdez-Scantling and Robert Tunyon. And it's going to be interesting how the Packers handle that, but 
nonetheless, I think the Cardinals, with their uh, big load of offensive weaponry, they'll be able to take care of the Packers with ease and go to 8-0 and as they reach the halfway point in the season. So now we get into the Sunday slate of games um, with the early morning portion. The Cincinnati Bengals travel to New York to take on the uh, 1-5 New York Jets. Um, I mean... It's no question that the Bengals are going to tear apart a Jets team that won't have Zach Wilson for a couple weeks. Uh, Matt, uh, Mike White is going to be starting. And even then, Zach Wilson didn't do um, anything for the Jets under center. And yeah, there's no talent around him to help him. So overall, the Bengals are going to have like you know a feast on the Jets on Sunday. Tennessee Titans battle the Indianapolis Colts in a big, big divisional rematch from week three. Um, and both teams look a lot different than they did back then. Uh, both teams have won two straight. Uh, however, the Titans have had the more convincing momentum, had had the more convincing wins because they were against the two teams that faced each other in the AFC title match um, from last season. Uh, the Colts, meanwhile, have faced, well, two fluky teams uh, in their two-game winning streak. So I think that the Titans will continue to ride and die by Derrick Henry and hopefully get some, um, um, you know, that same momentum from the, than when they did last week from Ryan Tannehill. But I still think Tennessee will win this uh, division matchup and sweep the Indianapolis Colts. And that'll prove uh, critical um, when the division title um, stakes get much deeper into the season. Uh, the LA Rams traveled to Houston to take on the Texans and... Um, I mean, it's pretty obvious that the Rams are going to be next in line uh, to completely manhandle the sad sack Texans team. No contest. And, yeah, the Rams are going to win this one. Uh, in another big divisional matchup, uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers take on the Cleveland Browns. Um, both teams are well-rested. Uh, the Browns have that had that mini-buy uh, following the Thursday night game. The Steelers are coming off their Week 7 buy, but the Browns are still reeling from their injuries to Baker Mayfield uh, Kareem Hunt, and who knows if they're going to be like passing the ball a lot more against a Steelers team, um, despite their own injuries and their out of sync offense. Um, but I think the the Steelers, with their terrible towels, should get out with the win over their rival. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles travel to Motor City to take on the Detroit Lions, the winless uh, Detroit Lions. And I'm going to go on a limb here. I'm going to make a crazy bold pick and pick the Detroit Lions to win this game. This, I think this is a game tailor-made for for them to win this game. The Eagles can't protect Jalen Hurts. They, they, don't, they don't have the offensive line to protect them. And I know the Lions don't have a pass rush. But, I mean, the, the Eagles' offensive line is so bad that they can't protect Jalen Hurts. And even though the Lions don't have a, a, an elite receiving core... All they have is TJ Hawkinson and Jared Goff is butt cheeks. I think the Lions will have just enough. They'll make uh, get a little, just a tad bit more aggressive. Um, Dan Campbell will hopefully get the best out of Jared Goff in this game um, to beat the Eagles. If the Lions somehow lose this game, then they're probably not going to be able to win any game this <laughs> season. Like any, any game. Like, do they even play the Jaguars or the Texans at any point this season? Like, I I, I don't know. But they, they, they do play the AFC North. 
on the NFC, the, the division and the NFC West for the rest of the season. So, oh man, yeah, I don't, I don't see it happening. So the Lions like gotta win, like if they want to get at least one win this season, they gotta win this game. So I'm going, I'm gonna go bold and pick the Lions to win this. So my San Francisco 49ers travel to Chicago to play the Bears to play some Bears football. So we're gonna get a master class of that. Um, and the 49ers actually have a chance to right the ship when they face a Bears team that won't have Khalil Mack and Robert Quinn in the front in the Bears front four because they're gonna be out injured. And this is a chance for um, the Niners front four to generate pressure um, with Nick Boza, D Ford, and uh, in, in that front seven, and. They can pretty much have their will against a Bears offensive line that can't protect Justin Fields. And if they can't do that, and if Jimmy G and Kyle Shanahan can't also stay up the course and play up over the competition, I, I don't know what to tell you. I really don't know what to tell you. I get, I think the seat will get even hotter for Shanahan, and it'll just be Trey, Trey Lance time once more in, in San Francisco. So hopefully the Niners take care of the Bears. And I'm still going. I'm still rolling and rolling with the 49ers. So then, down in Atlanta, the Carolina Panthers take on the Falcons, um, and the Falcons continue to find ways to win. They're they're they sometimes choke, but they're finding ways to win in their three-game winning streak. Um, Matt Ryan is still performing very well, and Kyle Pitts is having his breakout year, and um, they'll likely continue that success against a free-falling Panthers team. Um, Sam Darnold is back to his uh, old Jets form. Uh, the defense is not performing as well as they used to. And I think they're going to continue to struggle against a Falcons team that is kind of heating up a little bit. So they're technically not the worst team in the division anymore. And then in in Orchard Park, the Buffalo Bills host the Miami Dolphins. And the Bills are coming off their, um, their bye week pretty pissed off. From the heartbreaking loss to Tennessee um, two weeks ago, they had two weeks to let it uh, settle in, um, and they're going to be out to take their frustration from it against a Dolphins team that can't protect Tua, and the the Bills are well assured that. So the Bills are going to take care of business against the Dolphins and sweep that season series. So the New England Patriots in the afternoon slate take on the LA Chargers in a honestly this could be a pretty big matchup if the Patriots um you know pick things up I mean the Pats had a typical like blast to the pass performance but I don't think they'll have a repeat uh performance against the LA Chargers because well they played the Jet the, the Patriots played the Jets and the LA Chargers are not the Jets and Justin Herbert uh, Austin Eckler Jared Cook uh, Mike uh, Mike Williams and uh, Keenan Allen, and pretty much the entire Chargers team, um, they were they were pretty much uh, limited um, the last time we saw them on the field against the Ravens, and they're probably looking real hard to bounce back from that game and take all their anger onto a Patriots team that's still like that still is up to snuff. Like I don't think that it was like a real game like a real big performance for them. So I'm going with the Chargers on this, uh, what 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 will be a pretty, pretty uh, competitive game. And then down in Seattle, uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars return from their bye to take on a uh, pretty, pretty um, weird uh, Seahawks team. And I'm going to go on another limb here. And 
I think the Jags, uh, even though they don't have much support around Trevor Lawrence, I think they may do just enough to take care of a Seahawks team that still doesn't have Russell Wilson, and the offense is struggling mightily with Geno Smith, and well, the secondary is still just as bad. So I think Lawrence as and that Jags uh, team, as long as they don't implode, they can get their second straight win and hence Seattle its fourth straight loss. So who knows? But I, I, I'm going to roll the dice and take the Jaguars. And then in the Mile High City, the Washington football team traveled to take on the Denver Broncos. And this might be Taylor Heineke's last chance to prove himself as Washington's starter as he'll be playing both a stingy Denver defense and that's even without Vaughn Miller, um, whether he plays on Sunday or not, and an offense that'll be getting Jerry Judy back from IR. Um, Both teams' offenses are struggling at the moment, but I think with the return of of Jerry Judy, Terry Bridgewater should be able to get this offense back in the rhythm on, on Sunday and get back in the win column. So I'm going with Denver. And in the other big division matchup of of the week, the Tampa Bay Bucks six and one take on the New Orleans Saints in a big NFC South matchup. Um, this is a big, big matchup. Like everyone in the NFC South is competing with another, but these are the teams that are in first and second place. And whoever wins will take uh, possession. Well, well, not real. I don't know. I don't think they will. I don't think the Saints will take possession if they win. But who know? Like who knows? Um, if they win a couple more games, maybe they will take first place. <laughs> so even then, even then, so uh, Tom Brady and the Bucks are riding high um, with their offense. Tom Brady is still performing at a crazy ass level. Um, he's like that final boss in a video game that you just can't stop. And the Saints, um, even though they're four and two, they're experiencing all the highs and lows of you know the the famous Jameis Winston experience. So, even though they got injury-riddled uh, secondary, uh, the Bucks' offense—I think it'll just be simply too much uh, for Jameis, Alvin Kamara, and all the Saints to overcome. So, I'm gonna roll with Tampa. And then in the Sunday Night Football game, uh, both the Dallas Cowboys and the Minnesota Vikings return from their buys as they both face each other in the Sunday Night Closer um, for week for Week Eight. Um, I think Dak Prescott. And Kirk Cousins will continue their offensive success. I think they'll. This will be a uh, not a big, big shootout, but I think they're going to try to outperform each other. I think just the Cowboys will be one step ahead of the Vikings because just the talent involved. So the Cowboys are going to win a close one um, over the Vikings. And then in the Monday Night Football closer, we're going to get another dud <laughs> with the New York Giants taking on the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, with all the injuries the Giants have, and um, I know Daniel Jones will probably like try to do his um, best to dissect the very, very bad uh, Chiefs secondary, um, I think the Chiefs offense will snap out of their skid momentary, momentarily and um, beat up on a, a bad Giants team. So I'm rolling with the Chiefs. So those are my picks in my preview for Week 8. What do you all think? Let me know however you can. But that is it for this episode of Very Cold Lasagna. Um, let, me, let me know like how I felt about this show. Uh, what are your thoughts about Week 7? What did, 
what you think about my winners and losers. How do you feel about the bye week apocalypse? And now that it's over, we can move on to week eight. And let me know uh, what game you're most excited to see or what you're not most excited to see, whether it's your team or not. However you can, whether it's on YouTube or on social media, leave a comment, leave a message any way you can. But I'm signing out of the show today. I am Dylan Lasagna, your host of this freezing cold, very cold lasagna show. And make sure to always subscribe, turn on the notification bell on YouTube, listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor FM, as well as Google Podcasts. Follow the show on social media, on Twitter and Instagram at VeryColdLasagna. And keep that lasagna very cold in the fridge with your take on the world of pro wrestling and sports. Freezing cold in the fridge. Tasty as ice. And until next time, peace out.